welcome to the sanctuary, a safe space to speak from the heart. I'm your host, Israel, and my guest today is someone I've been dying to talk to, especially after I found out he's a fan of Manchester United. <laughs> the CEO of the ECMAs, Anne McLean, thanks for coming to the sanctuary today. Thank you, Israel. Really nice to meet you and a fellow uh, United fan. Excellent. <laughs> I had to debate if I want to wear my Manchester United jersey today, but I said, no, no <laughs> let's not go that extra. Um, thanks for giving me the time today. So I'll just dive deep. The ECMS is coming up. Um, how's prep for these monumentals? I guess this is the 40th? Th- 35th, 35th anniversary. Yeah, the 35th anniversary. anniversary. Yes. Yes. Uh, sorry, how prepped are we, did you say? Exactly. Well, you know, it's always exciting to put a live event on. You never know what's going to happen. But this event is um, its not quite the Olympics, but it's almost three years of planning that goes into mounting each ECMA. So I'm already working on 2025 now. Um, so it is a, you know, you're talking to me, but there is an incredible team, you know, behind me to pull all this together. So I would say we are ready as we ever will be. Um, we have over 320, I think, volunteers right now recruited. They're the ones that are going to be actually executing the event. Without them, we would not be able to do this. Wow. And we have a small, uh, small team that is working, you know, in the office, and um, and and we'll be working around the clock during those uh, that week of uh, the ECMAs itself. But uh, no, we're we're super excited. Everybody is is behind it. Um, you know, obviously coming out of uh, of two years when musicians weren't performing live and couldn't tour, that was very difficult. Last year in Fredericton, we had a kind of a hybrid version of ECMAs where we were online, but also in person and and people were i think still adjusting to that whole situation but this year we're full on in person live musicians on stage in front of live music fans uh, as it should be so mm. we're uh, we're super excited yeah we're we're ready we're ready awesome awesome yeah <laughs> i mean the pandemic really did a number on a lot of live events and um i think it's the strength of it shows the strength of the organization adapting to what pretty much shut down the whole world and the hybrid event in Fredericton was also uh brilliant but i can't wait for the first full after everything the last couple of years uh you mentioned 320 volunteers wow that's a lot of people um how you know how do we get all those pieces to work so well together because it's one thing to have the numbers it's another thing to have them work efficiently and effectively together yeah well we have two incredible volunteer coordinators that have been working on this recruiting and getting people and matching their interests and their skills with uh with where we can place them so it becomes a valuable experience for for them so it's Mm -hmm. um it's a lot of work and a lot of time, but it's absolutely worth every minute. Like, like I say, they uh, they really are contributing to a significant event, not just the 35th anniversary of the UCMAs, back where it all, it all started, you know, back in 1989 in, in Halifax. But they're contributing, I think, to the, the recovery for our our industry as a whole and, and how musicians um, have weathered that storm. And, you know, thankfully... Most of them are back out touring and, and playing again. So this is a chance for the community to come together, to, to be re-energized, to share stories, and then, 
you know, to go out and, and keep doing what, what they're doing. So from that perspective, um, there's a bigger picture. You know, they're making the event run smoothly, but they're contributing to the actual um, kind of road back, the, the roadmap to to the industry re- recovering because because they were you know we were really decimated for 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 quite a long time and and we know how, how important music is you know and people lent on music during those difficult times they went to their album collection or they went online and listened to their favorite artists and it, it helped getting them through so so now i think it's time not just for the volunteers but for everybody to come out and support live music again and and just see how much uh, it brings you know to to the cultural experience um there's nothing, nothing quite like it, in in my opinion. Mm, no, yeah, I mean, seeing the artists perform live, it's just a different vibe, and it's always different every time. Um, and then the showcases, mind blowing. Uh, the one festival that I remember was the, I think, in PI in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, I, man, it was it was one. <laughs> was mind-blowing for me and it was a surreal experience in some performances it's like you are there and you're getting the soul of this person being poured out to you in real time so it's great that it's coming back live and it's coming back to halifax where it kind of all began um what was that one of the reasons why uh we had it back in halifax this year it is. It's part of the cycle. So ECMA, when it was created, the idea was to take it uh, through each of the four provinces or five regions. The ECMA actually includes Cape Breton as a unique and specific region uh, where music was created. And it, obviously it was a big part of establishing the ECMA. So we're on this cycle. So after after this year, it goes to PEI. And then the year after that, so 2025, would be back in Newfoundland. And then 26, it would be up in Cape Breton, 27 would be in New Brunswick. So each of the uh, the five regions get a chance to, to host it. And it changes, particularly New Brunswick, there are three cities that can actually host, you know, Moncton, Fredericton, St. John. So on the five-year cycle, it can be almost, it was 15 years last year since we were back in Fredericton. So you can imagine the excitement uh, mm. there. So it's always great to go to New Brunswick. Um but yeah, that's why it takes so long to prep and to put in place and, and to have discussions with the community. The whole idea is it's it's the host city's version of the ECMA. You know, we're, we're, we're coming in with the team, but we're not just dropping into the community. We want them to be to feel like, you know, it, it's their version and that uh, it needs time to build up those relationships. And like I say, build the volunteer base, build the connections with, uh, with the government, with, with business with the venues um, so that by the time we do arrive, you know, everybody is, uh, is on the same page and, and pulling in the same direction and remembering why, why we do this. What's the why? The why is to help East Coast musicians in some way be further ahead, you know, with their career after performing at ECMA, making those connections and, uh, and continuing with their, their path, you know, that they've chosen to become uh, musicians um, and to get their music out into the world. Mm. Uh, you, I was actually going to ask why we need ACMS, but thanks for sharing that. <laughs> um, well, but let's talk about you yourself. What's your journey over the last couple of years uh, that led you to this position you're in now? Uh, well, I moved out from I moved from Toronto uh, in in 2014 and took over the ECMA position as uh, CEO. So. 
as the, as I spoke before the cycle, 2015 would be the first event that I'd be responsible for, which was in St. John's, Newfoundland. So, so I moved out and and then basically, you know, started to to pull a team together. And it's been uh, I can't believe, yeah, it's been nine years. This is the ninth one that I've uh, that I've overall been responsible for and to build the incredible team that we have now and to work with all the music associations, you know, each in each province, there's a music association. It's very important that we work collectively with them. Um, and then to, like I say, build relationships with, with government, with, with business. Um, you know, we, we are, we do get government funding. We are, but we also, we also were a business. We certainly, you know, we sell tickets. We, we have corporate sponsorship. We do very, very well in terms of an event like ours, um, to attract big sponsors, national sponsors. So the brand, the ECMA brand is, uh, is once again national. Uh, and we have a, a new three-year agreement, broadcasting agreement too. So that the award show, which many people think of the ECMA, they think immediately of the, the big award show that we're putting on, on May the 4th at the Scotiabank Center here in Halifax. And that is broadcast, um, it's broadcast traditionally through through the Rogers Network, but obviously we've been streaming where pretty much everybody seems to be these days online through ECMA.com. And that way we have no firewalls. It's completely accessible. The show is accessible to anybody in the world that has an interest in what's going on in Atlantic Canada. So that's been a that's been a real I'm very pleased that we we built those relationships now and rebuilt the brand so that it, it is national and people know about East Coast music. Um too so that's been kind of my my journey really you know um doing doing what i do trying trying to bring the best people together and uh, and building a team and remembering you know uh each day why why we do this which again it's it's back to the original reason the ecmas were created you know in 1989 from what i can tell you know there was a feeling that the east coast was isolated from what would have been then you know toronto for the the major labels it was very much a major label uh, format then that people were still hoping to you know get signed uh, by an A&R person and all of that obviously that has changed completely um, but however you know Atlantic Canada and the East Coast still I think does suffer a little bit from being you know marginalized uh, geographically and so we still need to be out there supporting and uh, creating opportunities for East Coast artists and inviting the world to come to Atlantic Canada for ECMAs the uh, the amount of business that we generate during the the five days of the event is uh, is really substantial. So that's never really gone away. Um, obviously, I think East Coast artists felt maybe they had to leave the East Coast and go, you know, to other parts of of the of Canada or the, or the world, you know, the US particularly maybe. And so part of our mission now is to to, to try and change that. So so they do have an option to stay here. You know, the way that we do business has changed, and and I think that's true. And in, and ironically, you know, COVID in many ways, more people have moved back, you know, mm. to Atlantic Canada. So we have a big influx of creative people and business people. And I think in some ways the industry is going to be stronger moving forward now uh, because of that influx than it, than it was before. And, and I mean, the East Coast is super beautiful too. So <laughs> it's really, it really beautiful here. It and is. we make great music too. 
<laughs> well, you know what's what we have. We you know we have an inter- we have an export program where we invite about a hundred handpicked recruited buyers. These are when we, when we say buyers, these are people that own own festivals or they're looking and have interest in in Atlantic Canadian artists, and they come and literally they you know they have a pen and they will they will they will make deals right there and then with artists and book them. Um, so when we bring them here and we immerse them in the Atlantic hospitality and the culture. Um, we just found it so successful in terms of the results. Um, we did that virtually, you know, for two years with the kind of online virtual showcases. Uh, the results are still coming in for that. But mm. um, I think generally speaking, when you when people make the trip here and, and they see where where we are, they, they, they always go away with great stories from, from ECMA and, mm. uh, and they're never disappointed with the talent. I mean, that's what they always say. Mm. And, and, and they do deals. So um, that's, uh, that's kind of what happens at the background. A lot of people don't really realize just how much uh, business is being done um, because the forward-facing component, the festival, the clubs, all the showcases, mm. the awards, you know, all of that is, is, is what people remember. But there's a serious amount of, of new business being being created, which we're very very proud of. Yeah, one word that keeps coming up, you've said it a couple of times now, is relationships. And how do you foster those relationships and maintain them? Because you know some of them have been happening for decades now. Well, you know, it's um, like any relationship, really. There there's, there has to be that first trust that is built that honesty level that communication regular communication so you understand your expectations are being met on on both sides and a, and a regular dialogue so that um, once you establish something you know we're there for we're there for the long run so for example if we bring in a new sponsor it's not like we're just Put your, slap your logo on something and take a check and, and that's it you know we're, we're not looking for that we're looking for long-term partners where their objectives are met that they enhance the experience of people coming to ecmas and at mm. the same time certainly you know we we benefit from from the monetary influx that we get from them but it's not going to last until unless we we uh, have an honest and open discussion really customize each each sponsorship agreement so that, that um you know that the ecmas is a variety of things going on so depending on where your interest is on, mm. and how you want your your product or your service represented, then we will customize something and we'll try and do a multi-year deal and we can monitor it that way. Um, so I think, you know, openness, honesty, constant communication and mm. matched expectations are probably the most important things to a successful relationship. Yeah. Another thing the ECMA does that I really love is the ECMA Music Managers Mentorship Program because, you know, it's one thing to have a talented artist, but it's another thing to have someone to guide that talent uh, to where they'd like to go. So why is it important for the ECMAs to have this program as part of the ECMAs? Well, no, you're right. Absolutely. The artists tend to get the attention because they're up front <clears throat> doing it. But every artist, an independent artist now, needs to build their team. And arguably, you know, a manager is one of the, well, it is one of the most important components that you need to, to build. And there is, um, it's, it's, there, there's a lacking in infrastructure. We, we do need more managers to be able to come in and handle the business side of, of an artist. Um, and that's always a, a tricky situation because if you're a developing artist, you don't have a lot of monetary 
offerings, you know, to attract a manager. So we need to have uh, managers that can be mentored so that they can be ready um, and available and, and learn the skills necessary and almost kind of come in with emerging artists at the same time and develop that relationship. If you look at a lot of artists, you know, they've been been with the same manager for a long time often they started with them driving the van or something um but uh, i think there's you know there's a way beyond that too so mentorship is a huge theme with within within the ecmas where people and people are very willing established people in the industry are very willing to share their expertise with emerging uh, people that want to get in the business so um yeah we have we have that and we have uh, a special expanded uh, management sorry, mentorship program for the African-Canadian artists that are part of our export program and the Black Vibe Showcase this year as well. So we're, we're very pleased that uh, Katrina Lopez from KL Management is coming in. There was a, this weekend, there was um, some, some prep work that was done, uh, performance training and, and lots of other things that, that went on so that those artists are ready to make the most out of what they, what they will be doing at ECMA at their mm-hmm. showcases and at, at the export shows. So, um, yeah, we're very, very pleased to see how that will develop this year. And, and I think, uh, potentially, you know, expand the program as, as we move forward. Yeah, no, I kept nodding because, uh, there were a lot of photos being shared on social media of, uh, Katrina working with the artists and I can't wait to see what they will, uh, bring to the stage because Katrina, is great at what she does. Yeah. Um, so, you know, one thing that I was thinking about asking is, I mean, I don't know how much of this you might know since you might be too top level for this, but I'm thinking I'm an artist. You know, I go on the ECMS website. The submission is open. I send in my file, fill in all the form, do all that stuff. What happens from then till I find out if my song has been selected or not, or if I'm chosen for the showcase at the ECMAs? Yeah, well, you're right. It is a submissions process that uh, we we do try and make it as as easy as possible. We've uh, we have streamlined that process so that the platform we use is is is, is pretty intuitive and user friendly. But the information comes in. You know, you should obviously give yourself the best chance by putting forward when we ask for you know socials and links and and YouTube's and hits and all the information that we need to kind of. Uh, gather that's uh, that's really important after that what we've been doing you know what we never really stopped doing is recruiting jurors so we because of the fact everything is digital and online we can have jurors all over the world and in fact we do over 45 percent of the jurors that uh, went through this year's were outside of uh, uh, atlantic canada and certainly a, a fair proportion of those were outside of canada completely so we um we we gather all the information we have about 200 jurors that we recruit and they are then, um, you know, kind of organized into different streams based on their skill set. They're given a strict rubric of how they will score artists. So we, we are consistent, you know, make the process as consistent as possible. Uh, they have a period of time when they have to listen, score, and then send back the results. And then we collate it all together. If you can imagine, you know, all of this comes back into the office and then our staff, we rank order everything uh, based on, on score merit. And, um, and then you finish up then, for example, for nominations, the top five scores then become eligible as the, as the nominees. And that's mm-hmm. how, we, how, we, how we pick it out. Wow. Um, so it's, you know, it's transparent. And, uh, I, you know, it's as it's it's straightforward 
as we can make it. And we've been, you know, we've been fine tuning this process for, for many years. So, um, you know, guaranteed nothing's perfect, but uh, you know, it's, it's, it, it's not, it's, it's a good way I think of, of doing things. And with the partners, you know, I mentioned, we talked about relationship a couple of minutes ago with the partners that ECMA chose is what's the, how do, how do partners picked what goes into those decisions? You mean, uh, you mean the corporate sponsors? partners? The sponsors? Um, we have certain categories that we don't have. So we would try and recruit that and we'll certainly go out and, you know, we still don't have an airline. <laughs> so we've been trying for that for years. We never seem to be able to land that. Um, but uh, some, you know, some do come to us. Um, you know, the financial category, like TD has been a sponsor with us for, for many years now. Uh, Rogers are new on in, in, in the broadcasting partner. The Dairy Farms of Canada are, are back on, so they're doing a, a big fan fest that, that we have, you know. And so, and other other sponsors have been with us for for quite a year. But you know, our sponsorship manager is always recruiting mm. and looking for opportunities. Um, so some of it comes to us. Some of it we we uh, we do a kind of a call out and try and recruit. Um, the we have I'm, I'm particularly proud of the craft brewers collaboration that we have uh, three years ago we were with a big uh, a big brewery one of the, one of the biggest brewers that, that people would would know for for quite a few years and that deal ended and so we always thought we'd like to do something that was regional so there's again the five regions there are five craft brewers that came together as a collective I uh, jokingly call it the craft brew cartel, but uh, they don't. <laughs> and um, and so each one. So this year, for example, there is a lead partner, which is Garrison Brewery in uh, in Nova Scotia. Um, and when we're in when we're in uh, Cape Breton, it's it's Breton Brewing, and when we're in PI, it's Upstreet, and when we're in uh, uh, New Brunswick. It is, uh, it is, uh, God, it's escaped me. Oh, I'm going to be in trouble now. But it's, uh, it's the, the local brew, the Grimross, Grimross, yeah. Uh, and Newfoundland is Kitty Vitty. So we have, these, uh, we have these great partners that have come together. I don't think it's been done anywhere else before, but we come together, they work together, they create a special ECMA ale, a, a special, the master brewer gets and, and creates it. And then um, we sell that each year. It's a different one that's created, and fifty cents from each can goes back to the association to put back into the kitty to help the, the musicians, and um, and people seem to really like that. So mm. so when you go to our uh, official venues, you know you'll be able to choose five craft beers there that are on display, and um, and so that's been a, a tremendous partnership, and and we're that's a five year deal, so we've got two more years to to go with that. So. Yeah, no, I really, uh, I I love how the response to okay, what beer are they gonna brew this year? It's like you, it's something to always look forward to. Um, and now with this one happening in Halifax, you said things are ready to go, things are in place. Um, I'm just an audience member, and I'm coming. I have my, I guess, my ticket for the weekend. What should I expect? An adventure in music, I would say, because you've got like a hundred, well, over 200 individual shows that you could actually choose to go to, depending on, on which level of pass you get. But generally speaking, you know, most of those would be available. And I would say it's a chance to 
just do a little bit of homework uh, because you'll get the most out of it. If you go to our website, ecma.com, and you look at the schedule, you'll be able to sample each of the artists, have a quick listen, find out where your interests are because the, 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 the breadth of genres is, is huge. I, I guarantee you'll find something you like. I'd be very surprised if you didn't out of all of that. Hopefully you'll find lots that you like. So I would say spend a bit of time, plan out where you want to go, in the evening. And because of the proliferation, the footprint is, is quite compact uh, where the, all the clubs are. You can literally club hop and catch, you know, if you want to, if you want to kind of set a record or something, you can catch a couple of songs of, of uh, many, many acts during each night. Um, you can even take the ferry over to Alderney Landing and we have, we have uh, Friday and Saturday night shows over there and then, and then zip back. So it's a real chance. You, you'll recognize some of the artists, but I would say uh, want to take a chance on something that you haven't seen before. And then you'll get that great feeling of, of discovering something new that you can share with your, with your friends. And I think that's what keeps music alive and, and vibrant. So I would say, um, you know, be ready. It's like an urban music festival in many ways because you're seeing like each act, there's say five acts on the bill in, the, in, in one club that evening. There's a 30 minute set and then a 15 minute changeover, and then the next act comes on, and we and we you know it keeps it keeps flowing. So you can literally go up and down the street and and move around and see as many uh, artists as possible. And I think that's a, a super exciting format, um, and it's it's you know unique in in many ways. So um, so yeah, take a chance, just Disc- discover something new, and then get on your socials and tell everybody, hey, this is the coolest new band that I've just found. I, another thing that um, I love are the conferences, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what's the decision making pro- process for that, and why is it also always important for the ECMs to have these amazing conferences? Because I love them. Yeah, well, again, it's it's a gathering of Atlantic Canada. You know, that is for, first and foremost, our industry, our artists come together, so they need a chance and a. A platform to talk about the issues um, and obviously the international people and people coming from the rest of Canada come and join in but the conference is a great way for some of these issues to to be to be discussed like I'm very pleased that we're having a keynote interview with neon dreams for example so as a as a as an artist as a group as, um, they are, have been breaking you know new grounds in so many ways outside of Canada uh, they uh, they are huge in South Africa. They're they're big in India. You know they have been following. Uh, I guess taking advantage of all the data that you can collect in terms of where where they are proliferating in in certain parts of the world, and then going and and capitalizing on that. So I want to hear their story too, and I'm sure other artists want to to know how they're doing it. So that's just you know one example of of, uh, of how people can get up up front and close and so there'll be a chat afterwards you can ask questions and they're right there to answer things so yeah it's a it's a really good way to, to learn it's not you know it's not quite like you know going to university or something like that but but the panel discussions do do resonate with uh, with everybody in terms of what today's issues are and 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 how musicians should be uh should be coping with them um we also have a very kind of robust health and wellness plan as well because that has been such a big part of uh, ECMA is um, you know listen to our members you know we're, we're a member driven organization we're listening to our members and and providing services one-on-one counseling but also they are there's peer peer uh, counselors that have been trained so it's musicians talking to musicians about issues and we provide a wellness center where you can go and 
just chill out. There's there's massage, there's meditation, and you know, as an artist, you just sometimes need to get the because it's an intense. You know, many artists are doing multiple shows. You know, and and there's certainly a, a amount of amount of pressure there, and we recognize that. So we 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 give them a chance to just to kind of get grounded again and uh, and get ready for the for the next um, you know the next cycle. No, yeah, I really love the health and wellness. Uh, little lounge where you can go get massages i always look forward to that i love it i love it i can't let you go without talking about manchester united <laughs> i thought we'd get in trouble if we dominate the, your time with uh, with our passion but sure go ahead so um yeah i mean first off i think what's kind of on deck is this sale do you think it's gonna happen it's hard to there's, there's two front runners it seems it's either it's uh it's uh, Qatari money or it's uh, Sir Jim Ratcliffe apparently the richest man in in the UK apparently or maybe the Glazers will stay which I think would be the worst possible scenario frankly so I would I want a clean break from the the owners I think they've it's been horrible the way that they've they've driven the the team into the ground, the organization, they haven't invested at all. They take dividends. They're the only ones, the only owners that take dividends from what I can tell. Mm-hmm. And so we need somebody that's a real football fan, first and foremost, and that we can get a clean break with big investment. Old Trafford needs to be rebuilt. Um, that's a big stadium that needs to be rebuilt. And then we need to continue building on the team and back our amazing manager, Eric Ten Hag. I think he's doing an incredible job. Yeah, and then uh, on the field... What are your thoughts there? I uh, well, the, you know, a lot of injuries right now, um, but we're getting through. Uh, I think Casemiro is probably my favorite player in the midfield. Just brings that steadiness to it. But we've got some flair players coming through as well, Ganacho, um, and obviously Rashford's having the season of his life. Mm-hmm. Um, it's too bad we lost our two centre backs to injury. That wasn't good, but we'll see how uh, Maguire and Lindelof do <laughs> as they step up so no i'm optimistic i'm optimistic it was a yeah. good result good result at the weekend against forest so tomorrow night against sevilla will be uh will be interesting to see it will be interesting but we win that and then we go further in the europa league oh, oh man anyway yeah. i i i'm gonna <laughs> end there before i turn this into something else um i can't let you go without asking this one though why music for you Gosh, I think, you know, in some ways it's either in you or it, or it isn't. Uh, ever since a kid, I've just uh, been, been crazy about music. The, the, the first terrible, terrible guitar that I saved my pocket money up to, to buy, apparently, which is unplayable. I was better off trying to play the ironing board. It was one of those terrible things. My granddad was, um, was musical. He, he, he tap danced. He played the spoons, played the violin, played the piano. So maybe... I get that from him, but um, music and, and football, I've, I've always followed with a, a passion and it's always led me where I needed to go. So uh, I, I love music. It, uh, it's so important to me. I love listening. I love playing. I love writing. And, uh, and you know, I, I, I think I can have a, a good discussion with, with musicians that are out there. I, I, do, I do understand what they're going through because, you know, I have experienced that myself personally. So even though I'm on the other side of the of the business these days, um, I, I never really forget what it was like, and it's a it's a you know it's a difficult and precarious route to take. Let's be honest, um, but the rewards are are huge, um, and um, 
and and it's changed so much you know now you are an independent artist you do have to do so so much more you were sold you know this idea that you'd be taken care of you got a big record deal and everything and we know that that had its uh, pros and cons so it's a very difficult difficult situation these days but like i say if it's in you to do uh there's uh, nothing quite like it it's a wonderful way to to follow your passion and if you can make your living out of it then you know what what more what more could we hope for wow i knew this was going to be an interesting chat and <laughs> thank you for the amazing work you your team and the volunteers at dcma doing i can't wait to catch some amazing shows and some of those awesome conferences and get a massage at the, <laughs> the health and well, wellness lounge. i'll know where to find you won't i <laughs> yes it will thank you so much andy oh my pleasure my pleasure anytime anytime